0: Hello and welcome to The Flex. It's Matt St. Jean here with Joe Howey bringing you a sweet 16 edition of the podcast. Friars poised to play Kansas this Friday. Joe, h- how are you doing today?
1: Doing all right. You know, it's pretty nice weather. You know, we're getting into, into the early stages of spring here. And um, for the first time since uh, Sunday, you know, th- there's no basketball. So, um, it's, it's always a weird feeling during March Madness. You know, you got a couple of days where it's just the round of 64, then the round of 32. It's just nonstop games, nonstop checking the TV, changing the channel, checking your bracket on your phone. And uh, now, now we're in kind of a limbo period. But th- what what makes it this limbo period oh so sweet is that
0: Providence is playing on Friday against Kansas in the Sweet 16. Uh, this is not, not, words that have not been able to be said about the Friars playing in the Sweet 16 in a quarter century, not since 1997. And words have never been said about the Friars playing Kansas. This is the first time that the Friars have played the Jayhawks ever, which honestly kind of astounds me when you consider that the Friars have had successful teams in the past. Kansas has been successful for forever. These teams have gone back for a long ways. I figure they would have ended up playing each other at some point, but nope. Meeting number one between Providence and Kansas. This one's gonna be 729 Friday night on TBS. And I think we are in store for a good one. The line right now, Kansas by seven and a half points. Not the most that Providence opponent has been favored this season. The Friars took on Villanova at Villanova. The line moved to 10 points by tip-off. That's where it closed. Obviously, no Al Durham for the Friars in that one. That was probably a factor. Friars should come into this one pretty healthy. Kansas will come into it healthy. There's a lot to talk about here, Joe, but I feel like there's no better place to start than with this Kansas backcourt because this is going to be the most difficult defensive task the Friars have had in a long, long time. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah Matt uh, when, when when we were talking before the recording started we were saying we're basically going to face a Kansas team and for anyone who's a Big East fan which I hope you all are um, you'll understand this reference we're basically facing a Kansas team that has Miles Powell and Justin Moore in their starting backcourt with Colin Gillespie off the bench um, that's the scoring efficiency we're looking at here plus some um, this is the most efficient Kansas this is the most efficient team that we're going to face all season and, and that includes Villanova, that includes Texas Tech, Wisconsin, all the others. This is the, the best backcourt we're going to face.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the starting lineup that you're going to see, DeWan Harris is a sophomore. He's the point guard. He is not one of the guys we're talking about in that upper no, echelon. Not him. But he's he's a good player. Uh, Ochai Abaji is going to be the playing the two for Kansas pretty much all night long. He was the Big 12 Player of the Year. He was a finalist for the Naismith Player of the Year. This guy's better than any, probably any single player that Providence has played against this season. He is something else. At the three, it's going to be Christian Brown, a junior, another just real solid player. He's the type of guy who he's not going to be your number one option, but he can take over a game all on his own if you need him to. He's not going to be able to do it all season, but if you need one game from him, he's bad as good as any player out there, Jalen Wilson really solid forward for them and then David McCormick is the center 610 250 really good sized matchup coming in the paint and then kind of the x factor here and I think this goes in both ways the sixth man the Jayhawks have, have probably one of the few teams in America that has a sixth man better than the Friars have with Jared Bynum and that's Remy Martin this guy was a, a talented scorer at Arizona State transfers into Kansas and he was the preseason Big Twelve player of the year. He battled injuries all season and didn't really get healthy until the last couple of weeks. And now he has scored in double figures for four straight games, led Kansas in scoring coming off the bench in both games of the tournament so far. That's the guy where it's like, all right, you're getting a, a really a Naismith quality player, at least at times, guy who can play at that level, who's gonna come off the bench for you. He is really something special. And the Friars are gonna have their hands full. I think we're gonna get a lot of Justin Manaya on shaya Abaji in this one uh, I was just
1: thinking Matt the same thing uh, Manaya and Abaji is probably the the most likely matchup but it, uh, quite honestly this might be a game where Manaya doesn't come off the floor because if Abaji's getting the blow and Remy Martin comes in like Manaya's gonna have to guard him you know and if the two of them are on the floor at the same time then someone has someone's got to put on their big boy pants and and defend at Manaya's level because this is a tough matchup. This is a really tough matchup. Um, it's not so cut and dry as, all right, you have one guy that we're going to stick Minaya on and, and hope everyone else can hold their own because th- this is an even lineup. Uh, and Minaya can't guard everybody. This is kind of the narrative that we saw the first time we played Villanova's. Manaya can guard Justin Moore, but who's going to guard Colin Gillespie? Um, it's the same dynamic now. No, so whoever gets
0: the matchup of Martin off the bench, you know, buckle up. Yeah, and this is a Kansas lineup in the backcourt. They're really going to be able to attack whoever your weakest link is. So, I mean, Minaya is going to get one of them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Friars are are willing to switch Manaya too. I mean, whether he's on Abaji, Remy Martin, Dewan Harris, Christian Brown, or even if you're sliding them down and having them guard the four, then— I think he's still guarding a good player. You're not really worried about kind of wasting Mania's talents on somebody. So I wouldn't be shocked if they get moved around a little bit. Yeah, you you need great team defense here. The Friars did it the last two games. You you need it again because you're going to have to slow down this team. You're going to have to grind them down, and and you're going to need good defense from Durham, from Bynum, from Reeves, all those guys to try to just – I mean, you're not stopping this backcourt, but you you can try to slow it down.
1: Matt, my defensive X factor here is a little bit different. than I think Alan Breed could play a a huge role defensively. You know, obviously, he's not the best offensive player, but his defense often goes under the
0: radar. Um, I think he could be a huge X factor off the bench defensively
1: if if I'm looking up and down this lineup
0: right now. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that's a possibility here. So, I mean, if you need to go out there and get a stop, you need to smother a guy. Alan Breed is a better option than most of the other guards the Friars have. These guys aren't bad at defense, but if you're looking, especially if you if you want a guy you can kind of waste a foul on, yep. if Breed gets exactly. two fouls in the game, you're not worried about losing him. So in defensive situations, it's good to have him out there. He's a guy, I mean, they've used him like that when needed. So, I mean, that could be interesting. He'll, he would have a size advantage on either one of these point guards, Remy Martin or DeWan Harris. And, I mean, I think the Friars Friars will have a size advantage here up and down the lineup. This is a quick team, so we'll see how that ends up helping them out. But I think Justin Mania is more than capable of kind of taking away whichever one of these players you want him to be taken away, and you're forcing the other guys to beat you.
1: Yeah, I agree, Matt. And there's a reason that, you know, Cooley coins Minaya as the defensive player of the year. There's a reason that... Uh, the Friar fans felt snubbed. And it's not because of home team bias. It's because Manaya is objectively a really good defender. Um, so I think you're right. I think whoever Manaya gets, you know, that removes them from the equation somewhat. And then, you know, you got to worry about the other four.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, then this is going to be something the Friars got to deal with all year. This Kansas offense, they're sixth in the country in efficiency this year they are the most efficient offense that Providence has faced since 2018. Both Xavier and Villanova were more efficient that year than Kansas has been this year. We saw the Friars have success against both of those offenses, held them below, uh, held them below 80, held them below 75 in four of the six games, but both Xavier and Villanova that year, both got a game in the the mid to high eighties on the Friars that year. Both of those were the home games. We'll see how many Kansas fans are there. I think there's gonna be a lot of Kansas fans. There's a lot of them, and they travel, and this is in the Midwest. They're the one seed, they're gonna have a little bit of home court advantage here. That's the way it works. Even with a lot of Fryer fans traveling, it's gonna be a lot of Kansas in the building. So I mean this defense has to travel. You can't have one of these games like the Flyers had against Marquette the first time or against Creighton the second time. You really need Marquette the second time or Creighton the first time (laughs) in this game.
1: And I think that's a great point, too, Matt, is uh, I think the mentality of, if you're Ed Cooley and you're and you're the Friars going into this one, the mentality has to be like the, this isn't, you know, the double round robin play of the Big East. Like, it's not like, all right, you know, we can lay an egg here and then we get him again. This could be very this very well could be it. This could be the last game you play all season. So there, there, there's. There is no lollygagging. There, there is no lackluster. You, you got to come sharp defensively. Mo- most importantly, you have to come out defensively sharp, and defensively sound. The offense will take care of itself. But like you said, Matt, like th- th- this isn't you know, this can't be one of those where you drop the ball. Um, if you don't come out ready to play in the NCAA tournament, you go home. And that's the bottom line. There's no if, ends or buts.
0: It's single elimination. You lose, you're done. Your season's over. Mm-hmm. And they, the Friars said today in their press conference, their goal last week, their goal at Selection Sunday, was to be at practice this Monday. Win two games, get back so you can practice. And that's their goal again this weekend. Go, go to Chicago, win two games, come back to practice on Monday. It's got to start against a very talented Kansas team. Joe, I mentioned that first Marquette, sorry, the second Marquette game, the Providence game. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot in that game that the Friars could kind of try to execute here against Kansas. Marquette's offense is one that's really fast. They like to go in transition. They like to speed you up. They like to play with a lot of pace. The Friars really stonewalled them And slowed things down the second time They met and they grinded out The game, it interrupted Marquette's rhythm They couldn't shoot the ball very well Because of that, they couldn't get the open looks Had to work in the half court And because of that, you're kind of dragging The opponent down to your level and just beating them With toughness Kansas is a much better team than Marquette (laughs) But But they also, this is a team that likes To play fast all six of their losses this season have come when playing at their average tempo or slower. And I think that's going to be one of the keys to victory too. just control the tempo.
1: Yeah, no, you're totally right, Matt. This is something that this team, like you said, has shown that they're capable of. I think the Marquette game is a perfect example of this. Um, I think even St. John's at home too. Um, at home meaning the dunk you know we really slowed them down there in queens it was a different story um we kind of played to their level but uh, i think providence you know this providence defense isn't shy to playing making teams play at their level um and and i think it, it goes back to just you know i say this a lot defense is drive you know you have to come mentally ready to play um You know, you you can't expect things to happen for you. You have to go out and do it. So if that means, you know, digging digging your heels in and and taking your one-on-one man-to-man matchup, you know, to heart, then do it. Um, If it means over-communicating on zones, over-communicating on high ball screens, do it. You know, it's just you got to come out with the mentality that you're going to slow them down. You're going to make them play your style of game. And then, you know, you can make it competitive after that.
0: Mm -hmm. And to go with that, I mean, I think you've got to get back in transition too. this. Kansas offense is good enough. You play great defense on them. They're still probably going to score 60 points. I don't think think their lowest this season is 63. That was against Kentucky. I'm remembering that correctly off the top of my head. So really, I mean, you can't give up the extra ones. You can't give up the freebies. Got to get back in transition, get in your lanes, make shots difficult for them. If Ochai or Rami Martin or Christian Brown goes off for twenty or thirty points, but they're all contested shots and they just happen to be having one of those nights, then you got to tip your cap and say that's what happened. You can't let them do it because you were giving up the looks. No, uh,
1: you're, you're totally right. Um, and another thing too, like I, I, I think there have been times this season where this team tries to get caught in a shootout and I think the 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 example I'm thinking of is uh, the pink out game against Villanova at the Dunk. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't our best defensive game by any stretch of uh, of the imagination. We sucked on defense that game, but our offense was able to pick up the slack. I don't want to see us do that again because if if you want to get into a foot race with Kansas you're going to lose. You know, uh, you yeah. y- y- yeah. you have to set the defensive tone. If yeah. if you want to play tit for tat threes, we're going to lose the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's going to take a special night to really outgun this Kansas team. Uh, you talk about that game against Villanova. That's a Villanova team that actually has liked to play slow this year. The game ends up having a fast pace. Nobody really saw it coming in. Villanova's a lot more comfortable there. Uh, yeah, the, the last game, Kansas, they played Creighton. Creighton team without Ryan Nemhard, without Ryan Kochbrenner. Creighton played them close the whole game. But outside of the first couple of minutes, Kansas controlled it. Here's a stat for you, Joe. Kansas scored 79 points. 19 of them came on the fast break. A quarter of their points were in transition, just freebies, essentially. That is the kind of thing that this Providence defense can't afford, and that that means a lot for the defense. It says a lot about the offense, too. You can't be turning the ball over. you got to track down some of your own rebounds.
1: You know, great stat, Matt. I think that goes down to discipline, too. Um, You said it was 19 transition points. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about the, the the profile of that Creighton team, too. They're young. They're missing two of their starters. You know, tra- transition defense is something that you learn with time. It's something that, you know, you just have to athletically be gifted enough to do. You have to be fast enough to get back in transition defense to, to at least slow down the play. You know, who knows if you're going to stop it. But if you get down there and you can test, like you said, Matt, you tip your hat if they make the shot. Um, this is where I think seniority comes in. This is where I think our athleticism comes in, because we've got guys that can bust ass down the court a- and get back in transition defense. Will they mentally have the drive to do it? God, I hope so. But again, the seniority of this Providence team is, okay, they've, these guys have been in situations where you need to get back in transition D. Now, now it's just piecing it together. Make sure you're, you're giving it all to get back in D.
0: And then, I mean the other way to really control that pace and then make sure you're not playing in transition it's twofold. One, you got to collect on your misses, okay? Get some offensive rebounds. Two, don't miss a lot of shots. If you're making the shots and they don't have a chance to get in transition at all. They got to inbound the ball. That's kind of the shortcut. That's the it's the easy way to do it, especially if you're playing against an offense as good as Kansas anyway. You're going to have to make a lot of shots, but it becomes doubly important there. And when it comes to offensive rebounding, that's kind of the weakness of this Kansas defense. It's a good defense, not a great one. They've had a handful of games this year where they've really let teams hammer them on the boards. Their four worst games in terms of defensive rebounding percentage were all losses. So whether or not the Friars are making a lot of shots, I think you need Watson, Croswell, Maniah Horkler, all pounding that glass and making sure the Friars are getting second chances and are able to run the clock a little bit too. A put back is great, but if you kick it out and run another 20 seconds off the clock, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. No, I, I agree. And this is something where I'm actually
1: relatively confident in Providence's ability to, to grab offensive rebounds. Um, You know, Horkler and Mania all season, I've been talking about how it's a competition for them to see who can get the most. I mean, Noah Horkler just notched his his ninth double-double of the season last game against Richmond and who I think I forget it was, I think it was John Rothstein tweeted out that Horkler is averaging a double double in the NCAA tournament. So the, the the Providence front court is no stranger to rebounding. I think Ed Croswell will also play a big role too. Um, when did he have his double double? Was that against URI when he just mm-hmm. went off against two seven footers? I mean, th- this is a team that likes to, to, bang around in the paint and clean the glass. So th- that's not necessarily an area of concern. Um, I just think, you know, the, 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 the drive to do it and then, you know, making sure that, you know, you're paying attention and you're aware. There have been plenty of times where I've seen Watson go up with a shot. He's like quadruple teamed and no one is crashing the glass. Um, they're already getting back in transition D. So I think you have to find the right balance between, you know, crashing for rebounds and then getting back in transition. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that I mean that's a balance that's kind of hard to strike. But the Friars, I mean, you gotta you gotta win the glass here in general. Kansas is, in a lot of ways, a better team than Providence. It's the the gap isn't that big. But Kansas, I mean, they're they've been a legitimate national champion contender from wire to wire this year. That's yeah. how good they are. This is a talented team, it's a well coached team. They got guys who've been here before. Like this is the cream of the crop. It, it may not get tougher than this for the Friars. This is probably the hardest game Providence has played in. Oh, it's been a while. I mean, I look back. Oh, a very long be, time. You might be looking back to those games they played against Kentucky at Kentucky back in the Chris Dunn years to define a game really as difficult as this one on paper. You play a team that good, you can't give them extra possessions. David McCormick, the center for Kansas, he I mean, he's been up and down. He is fourth in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. So not only do you have to defend Kansas for all 30 seconds of the shot clock, or however long they decide to wait until they take their shot, you have to box out. But defending so, Ochai Abaji is hard enough without letting him get a second look at it.
1: So that's funny you mentioned that about McCormick because I'm looking at this box sheet from their game against Creighton. He only had three offensive rebounds, three defensive, six total. He's a, he is like the most perfect size matchup you could pick to go against Nate Watson. They're they're both six foot ten. They're both two fifty plus. I think Watson's got a couple of pounds on him and definitely some some more experience, but. Uh, You know, uh, I I think if Watson's able to contest him on the boards, you know, we might be able to limit him. uh, Without Ryan Kalkbrenner, they held him to three offensive rebounds. So Watson's not going to let him get put, let himself get pushed around by this kid in the paint. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. But even if you do allow three offensive rebounds, if they get putbacks or buckets on half of those, that's another three or four points for Kansas. Even that can be the difference maker in a game that's probably going to be, Super tight. I mean, I don't like the spread of seven and a half points. I'm going to be shocked no. if this game is decided by any more than five. Yeah. And if it's no. decided by more than five, it's probably going to be because of free throws. Yeah,
1: it'll be because of free throws, or it'll be a blowout in either direction, which I don't think is going to happen. I think no. you said you, you hit the nail on the head, Matt. It's going to be decided by five or less.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this is, I mean. Providence has had three, really three off nights the entire season, and one of those was back when they didn't have A.J. Reeves. Um, when they played Virginia, I think Reeves was banged up then too. He, so, had, yeah, he, a, he had a concussion or something that week, if I remember. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this has been a fire scene that when fully healthy really has not had a lot of duds. And the same goes for Kansas. They really have one bad game this year. That was against Kentucky. So I expect both teams to show up and have just a tough physical battle. You talked about the one-on-one with McCormick and Watson. I think we should talk about that at the offensive end of the floor because when the Friars have the ball, this might be the most entertaining matchup for Big East fans to watch these two bigs going back and forth. Oh, absolutely. Um, And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised
1: if Kansas is going to throw more bodies aside from McCormick in on Watson. If he gets the ball, that's basically what every single team has done to us each each game. I mean, you you would think that offensively that we're such an easy scout. You just triple team Watson and, and it's over. But. That's where a game like, you know, last game against Richmond really comes in handy and, so, and shows that this Providence team has a couple of tricks up its sleeve because if you want to throw bodies in at Watson, that's fine. But when our shooters are on, we have another five guys that can kill you from the perimeter. Maybe yeah. not, maybe not Mania, maybe four guys with Mania being that like alter fifth. But our, our, our guys can shoot, including our stretch forward, Noah Horkler. So if they want to take that gamble and throw bodies in at Watson, that's fine. But then you gamble the perimeter. So I think Watson's going to get a lot, of, a lot of one-on-one looks uh, yeah. Friday night, Matt.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if he has those one-on-one looks with David McCormick, this is—I mean, this is going to be a Nate Watson game on offense. If they're giving him one-on-one yeah. looks, the the offense is going to have to go through him. It's going to, have to be that old-school Providence ball. I mean, you go back to the past couple seasons when they didn't have the shooters and they're just running it right through him. It's going to be I mean you might see 10 15 field goal attempts from Nate Watson easily if that's how they're going to defend him he's just got he's got to work his magic he's got to finish in the post I mean David McCormick is a good player Nate Watson's better if they're giving him that one on one Nate Watson has to be the better player Friday night for Providence to win this game
1: and I think he will too um Watson is a very prideful young man. Um, and I, the reason I say prideful is because he's not cocky. He's not egotistical. He has a lot of pride. He prides himself on playing well. Um, y- he, you've heard him in press conferences like say, oh, I got to get back at the free throw line. Like not like to knock himself, but to take it to take ownership like, OK, maybe I'm not hitting free throws. I just think Watson is the type of kid that, that's going to hold a lot of pride in this game and a lot of pride in this matchup. And if he gets the ball, you know, he's scoring. He is determined and. He's a fifth-year, you know? He should score against David McCormick.
0: Yeah, and that's, I mean, he's going to have to. That's how this game's going to go. And when Croswell's in there, too, uh, we, we've seen some of the smaller bigs have also had a lot of success against Kansas in the past this season. You look at the games against Texas Tech, I got, like, Kevin O'Banner and some guys like that who had found success against them. Whoever that is at center, they're going to have to have a good game here. And like you said, if they're doubling, it's going to be all about the shooters, Kansas's three-point defense is pretty good, but they've had some bad They've had some teams pop off against them, including Creighton last time. How many how many threes did they knock down? Hold on, let me look. Change tabs. Let me, <laughs> Creighton knocked down
1: twelve threes against Kansas last game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Creighton is not a very good three-point shooting team, but as we all know, they can they can put it all together. They can have one. So I think Fryer's probably. Uh, I mean, regardless, they're going to have to hit, shoot at a pretty good clip from outside.
1: Yeah, I, I think offensively you have to replicate what you did against Richmond. You know, you have to take smart shots. You have to hit your shots um, and spread the wealth. You know, don't make it an easy scout. Don't make it so that only one person is scoring. Don't make it that only Noah Horkler scoring or only Watson scoring in the paint. You know, if you can get. A bunch of shooters going like keep them on their toes I, I think the variety of options will kill them offensively
0: yeah and that's kind of been the the secret to success for Providence all year and that's the question that people have been asking I mean on on one side here you've got Kansas with big 12 player of the year um, Christian Brown I think was first team all big 12 you got a preseason big 12 player of the year caliber player coming off the bench and the Friars it's sixth man of the year and two guys on the second team you look at that, and you're say, "All right, one of these teams is way more talented." The reason the Friars have gotten it done is because they've had a lot more depth with their scoring. I think yep. Kansas's sixth guy is probably better than Providence's sixth, but the guys number three, four, and five for the Friars are all better than who Kansas has there. Yeah, it's no, I agree. End- oh. Och- Ochai Baji and Christian Brown are probably going to be the two best players on the floor. But after that, I mean, I'm taking Watson, I'm taking Bynum, I'm taking Durham, I'm taking Reeves, I'm taking Horkler, all before the next Kansas guy, I think, other than Remy Martin. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Spot on. And I mean, yeah, and you need, I mean, those are the guys you need to to really step up and have a game. If is going to give... Give you 20 for Kansas and he has he has more games with 20 or more points than less than 20 points this season uh, which is just ridiculous to me He averaged just shy of 20 19.3. I think You need I mean if he's gonna give you that he's gonna give you 20 you need Reeves giving you 15 Horcourt giving you 15 to balance yeah. that out you, you yeah, absolutely um
1: Man, if I'm Justin Manaya this week, I'm having a steak for dinner every single night. Like, a bowl a big old bowl of pasta. Like, you you gotta feed this kid. He he has the game of his life ahead of him on Friday. That that is a tough matchup.
0: He, yeah, yeah. He, I'm sure he's up for the challenge, but this is a tough matchup for him. It is. It is. Um, the flip side. I mean, Obagi doesn't really have bad bad games, but in half of Kansas's losses he scored less than 15 points. I think that's kind of going to be the threshold you want to see here. You can't take him out of the game, but you can slow him down. You can make it so he isn't the focal point. And if he's given if you can hold the to 15 points, then you're hoping all right, we can if we can hold everybody else on this Kansas team below 15, we're we're going to have a legit shot at this. I think you're going to have to probably score 75 to beat them.
1: That's oh, yeah, just, no no.
0: Uh, Or if it's not 75, anything less than 70. Yeah. You gotta be, unless, unless this defense is doing something really good. And we've seen the way that they played the last two days, last two games against South Dakota state and Richmond. I'm not ruling that out. I am not ruling that out, but this Kansas team is something special. Yeah. And also, um, this is a step
1: up from South Dakota state and Richmond. Um, and, Listen, there, there's narratives going around. Providence. This is Providence's first real opponent. Cakewalk. This, that, and the other thing. You play your draw, um, and I will defend that till till I'm blue in the face. You play your draw. We had very well could have played Iowa, you know, but they lost. They didn't play. They they played their draw and they lost. So yeah, you play just it in ask, front of
0: you. Yeah, just ask UConn how hard it is to play a 12 seed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the flip side of that is that. You're not playing a South Dakota State team that has shot the ball better than anybody else, but because they've played no real athletic talent, a team that's really going to start to struggle once they meet a team that can close out in a different way and impose some size on them, Kansas has dealt with that size, that speed, that talent all year long, playing in one of the toughest conferences in America, and they still came out of it shooting better than most teams. So, yeah, that I mean, that's where it's like, all right, yeah, you know, the Friars have, have really have it set out for them here. Uh, other notes, just looking at this Kansas team, the defense does not force a lot of turnovers. I think the Friars have to be. I mean, you can't turn the ball over and beat Kansas. I don't expect Kansas to come out and turn you over a lot either. Um, they're not. They're pretty, they're they're all right at not sending you to the free throw line, but I think the Friars can, I mean, this is the other area of the Providence offense we hadn't talked about. We talked about threes, we talked about Watson, we didn't talk about the guards driving, taking it to the basket. And if Watson has the impact that he can have, and he's able to draw that one-on-one coverage, I think that can help you a lot. I think he can seal off defenders, get put back, yep. help you seal off the lane and get to the basket. And I think you can move Watson out of the paint entirely, free up a little bit of space, let Bynum or, or Durham get downhill.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And those are the two names I was thinking of, too, is um, a lot of times we'll see Watson seal and, and Bynum will go right to the cup. Um Durham hasn't been driving as much as of late, but um now that you know he seems to be back in his stride, I wouldn't be surprised to see him drive into the downhill too. Um great point, Matt. Re- really.
0: Yeah. And that was that was an area where Kansas's defense did pretty well against Creighton. Um the Blue Jays were five of sixteen on layups last game. Probably pretty big reason why they had to depend on the three ball so much yeah. all game long. They made um what do you call it? They made 21 field goals in the game, and 12 of them were (laughs) three-pointers. That's that's what this Creighton offense was. They also got to the line 21 times. So I think part of this, I mean, you got to get downhill. I like Providence's guards finishing around the rim better than Creighton's in a spot like this. I don't know if Providence's guards are more talented or even necessarily more skilled, but I do think they're tougher, and I think they're more experienced, and I think that counts for a lot there. And then if you do that, you can get to the free throw line. you got to hit those shots. And if you can start to hit some of these and ones, that can help you. You can hit some of these acrobatic shots. If Kansas is going to foul you, really make them pay for it. Don't just hit one or two free throws. Hit the bucket and one. Make it a three-point play.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's something I, I think as a team holistically this year, like we get the end one, we get all energized, like pound in our chest, and then we miss the the, the free throw. Um, I think if you can capitalize on the end one opportunities, get three points in the old fashioned way, like, you know, it'll be a different game. And that's one of the staples to, to, to just scouting any team is just make your free throws. Um, I, I think as of late, you know, we've been knock on wood. You can hear that. You can hear the knock. <laughs> yeah. We've been making our free throws. Um, So, you know, just continue to do that because Cooley says this, and this is something that Kyron Cartwright shared with us at the Big East tournament, Matt, in in the press booth, is that, you know, Cooley always says it comes down to a loose ball, a a free throw, a rebound at the end of the game. In a matchup like this one, I expect it's going to come down. It's going to be a one or two possession game at, at the final buzzer. If you make that free throw, you get that loose ball, you pull down that rebound, you go get the ball like Manaya did against Butler. Like You do the little things throughout the entire game. You do the little things at the end of the game. That's how you win um, if you're Providence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. you got to find a way to grind those out. Kansas, I mean, they're as well coached as any team out there. Bill Self was a really good coach. Their players are tough. Their players are experienced. This is a lot more like the games against Villanova than the games against... Marquette or Xavier when it comes to executing down the stretch. This is one of the few teams down the stretch that maybe can out execute you or can get a ball to bounce their way instead of your way. And it's going to be you could say it comes down to coaching, but I mean, this game, you might play 39 minutes of basketball in Chicago Friday night, and it's all going to come down to two or three possessions right at the end, who can get a shot to fall or who can get a stop. And if that's that's how it is, I mean... (laughs) But it's going to be a great game, and uh, I, I have no idea who's going to win if that's the case, because both of these guys have have both well, these teams have guys who can make that play.
1: I also too, I love the 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 positive. Um or objective narratives going into this one. You know, Kansas is the clear-cut favorite, you know, the NCAA tournament regular, the well-coached team, the well-oiled machine, efficient, blue blood, this, that, the other thing. Providence is the ugly, hard-nosed, gritty, defensive underdogs. Like, I just, I love the the narrative going into this one. Um, I don't like the, oh, Providence got a cakewalk and now Kansas is going to kill them because that narrative is absolutely and objectively stupid. And if you're you consider yourself a college basketball fan and you're saying, oh, Providence got a cakewalk. Like then you understand absolutely nothing about NCAA tournament and the seeding of the NCAA tournament. You play your draw. Um, Yeah. yeah,
0: If you're if you're a 12 or a 13 seed too, those are the teams that were the best team in a bad conference, which means they can be anything from a dog. They could be some of those teams are just really, really bad. A lot of the time, those are good teams that just haven't had the strength of schedule to play against a top team. And right. so you know they're good. You don't know exactly how good they are. You know, their the quality of opponent was not very high. So that's where they get put. I mean, that's what South Dakota State was. They're, they're a good team. Richmond, that's a really good team. You look at what they did down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, and even look at South Dakota State. Like, does that discredit their fantastic season with 30 wins? No. They still had a great season. They were still the best in their league. They just played someone at a heavier weight class than them. Providence was fortunate to get, you know, uh, Richmond in the second round, a Richmond team that beat the Big Ten tournament champions. No one's going to argue that the Big Ten is weak conference, right? No. For oh, The and entire season. Yeah. You hear all this about the Big Ten in the top 25. All right, they're, they're top dog, the one that won the conference tournament, lost, so we get the winner of that game. That's just how it works
0: yeah and it's the the differential between the teams at the top and the teams at the bottom in college basketball this year is not that high and all you need to do is look at saint peter's to oh, see yeah. why and, and what they've done that story but i forget who it was i saw that was talking about this but the ability of any individual athlete to train and get better is ridiculously high right now. higher than it's ever been in human history i mean you can be a zero star recruit and go out there and take classes online to how to better your body and nutrition and do workouts in your home and buy workout equipment and go do drills, go get a coach, go do all of that on your own outside of whatever your program offers you. So that means that some some of these smaller programs, I mean, they got good, good, good players. And also college basketball is just about as old as it's been in a long time because of this. Kansas, older than it usually is. That experience matters. I mean, these are these are grown men playing this game at this point. These are not kids for Providence or Kansas or South Dakota State or Richmond. None of these guys. These are, these are full-grown adults playing. So the, all these Martians are all razor thin. That's where the Friars have lived all year. That's where they've liked to live all year. They clearly like playing close games because they feel like they have an edge there over everybody else. Uh, we may find out what that edge is against one of the top teams in the country on Friday. To find out just how big it is. That's where this team has said they like to play.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm energized. I feel good going into this one. I'm a little anxious. Um, You know, it's the biggest stage that we've been on all year against the, the toughest, biggest opponent we've played all year. So. Buckle up. This is it. This is what this is what you, you, you've you been waiting for all season. This is what we've been waiting for for a quarter century. This is what we've been waiting for since the, the Sweet 16 projection projections of that Kyron Cartwright, Rodney Bullock team. Um, This is it. This has been a long time coming. Enjoy the moment. Live in the moment. And, and let's do it.
0: You sound like all the players at the press availability today. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I didn't need need to listen all- to that yeah they're all they're all saying the same kinds of things about how they're just trying to soak in the opportunity, but also this is what they came here for. I think it was clear, the guy that was most clear for Jared Bynum, I mean he seemed dialed in. He really seemed like, all right, you know, like when I mean, they did what they thought they could do in the sweet sixty and time to get back to work, let's go do this. Yeah, clear. I mean they, his team they they're ready to go. they're they're dialed in right now.
1: I mean Ed Cooley's listening to one shining moment every day. Come on. <laughs>
0: You got you gotta <laughs> to taste it. You have to taste he's it. He's got to be. Point. For that fact alone, he should be the national coach of the year. For that fact alone. But, but for that year, fact and the fact
1: that he beat two of the other three candidates.
0: Yeah. 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 So that's the, a little fire news there. Cooley, officially a finalist for coach of the year. I know he would get my vote. A lot of other people have said he would get their votes. We'll see how it ends up going. I, I don't think they vote on it until after this weekend. So we'll see what happens this weekend couple other notes before we vlog off. I was, I was listening to the Field of 68. I thought there were two interesting things there. One, Rob Doster is rooting for Providence right now. He, he picked the Friars to win this game. Two, John Fanta said that he thinks, I believe this is John Fanta because he just shouted this out right before a break, that whoever wins this game on Friday is going to be the national champion. John Fanta said that? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I think... I think the idea behind it was that, I mean, if it's Kansas, Kansas is a really, really good team. And whoever wins this game between Providence and Kansas is going to be favored in the Elite Eight, just be based on who's coming out of the bottom half of the bracket. So whoever wins this game should make it to the Final Four. They're going to be favored to make it to the Final Four after that. And after yeah. that game, you look at who's coming out of that top bracket, not, none of them, I mean, every single one of those teams, is beatable Every single one of them And then it's just Going to depend on who, who you get In the championship game And if it's Kansas <laughs> Or Providence. I mean, Both these teams Are talented Both these teams Would be hot At that point They're going to have uh, At least a 50-50 chance Of winning that game Obviously that's Looking way ahead But I see the logic Of what Fanta is saying
1: There it, it, I, I see it too Matt um, Normally I don't like To play the look Ahead game But th- this is it You know <laughs> This is all we have To look ahead to Is the hypotheticals Um
0: the season could I saw, be over on, uh, by the end of Friday night, but you never know what's going to happen. I mean, that's max of four more games.
1: Hence, hence madness. Hence, yeah. Um, uh, interesting tidbit, too, is the March Madness men's basketball Instagram page tweeted out, or not tweeted out, posted, um, a, a video clip of A.J. Reeves going, that's two, that's two. Um, you know damn well Ed Cooley's telling him we just got to win six and that right now they're they're at two out of six and they're taking it two games at a time. Um, man, I'm just, I'm excited. Uh, this is an opportunity like no other. I, I just, as a fan, as a podcaster, just super, super excited for this game.
0: Yeah, this is going to be something else to watch. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for us here. I think that's it for the preview. We are going to have stuff later this week. I know... Um, stuff on Big East Coast Bias, writing about it. Depending on when you're listening to this, we're going to do a Twitter space Wednesday night with Tommy Godin, who's the Villanova writer. Some of the Villanova guys, Providence Cryer, I think, is going to come on. and We're just going to do a little Big East preview of the Sweet 16 Villanova playing Thursday night against Michigan. A little title game rematch from a few years ago. Providence, obviously, on Friday. So come join us there. We'd love to talk to you. We had a lot of fun in the last one. Um... I am also, Joe, I don't know if I told you this, I'm making a little radio appearance out in Kansas on Friday. No, you did not tell me that. Yeah, I'm going to be going on a little Kansas radio to talk about this game. So, I mean, we're going to be... It's Sweet 16 week. I don't know how I'm going to be able to focus on anything other than (laughs) this game all week. (laughs) Friday night can't come soon enough. Heck, there's basketball Thursday night, and I keep forgetting that. I know. We we got four games on Thursday. Oh, and they're going to be... Good ones. I'm also a little bit annoyed that the Providence game got scheduled during the St. Peter's Purdue game because that's going to be a fun one too. I mean, go Peacocks.
1: I, I um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just a side note on St. Peter's one. What what a run! What a story too! What a classless move by Kevin Willard to name Shaheen Holloway as, as his replacement while he's still coaching a team in the tournament. Like yeah. you have to give Holloway all the credit in the world for one, you know, getting his players to drown out the noise because when you're a player and you have access to social media like that, I'm sure every single person in that locker room is aware of what Kevin Willard said and to, to continue to trust and believe in your coach and, and to, to take a 15 seat to the to sweet 16 man. G- tip of the cap to that program that coach, those players because what Kevin Willard did is completely classless.
0: Yeah, and I I think this is is an upgrade for Seton Hall, assuming that that is Shaheen Holloway. It's going to be the next guy there. But yeah, Yeah. fun fact, he already has more NCAA tournament wins than Kevin Willard. (laughs) And he was an assistant under
1: Kevin Willard for some time at Seton Hall too.
0: Yeah, nearly a decade there with the Pirates coming back. He played there. Oh, that Assuming that's what happens, that's going to be a great fit. But Shaheen Holloway's story, not finished yet. play on Friday, Providence's story, not finished yet. 729, Friday night on TBS. Game's going to be out in Chicago. Hopefully, I mean, I, I assume we're going to have a lot of Fryer fans there, so go and enjoy that one. That's going to be one heck of an experience <laughs> to be in the building as Providence takes on Kansas in the Sweet 16. I think that's going to do it for us here make sure that you follow us on twitter subscribe wherever you're listening to this go give us a rating i know you want to leave, leave us a five star review leave us a comment while you're doing it tell us tell us what you like tell us uh, tell us how much you like joe's suits i know he always dresses fancy <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think anyone that
0: listens to this has ever seen me in a suit <laughs> if you have we'll we'll, good, good for well, you. we'll we'll put some we'll put some evidence out there we'll put some pictures out there for you so you guys can go comment on it go give joe some compliments go give him some love he oh, needs it <laughs> yeah and uh yeah we'll talk to you after this one i'm sure you're gonna hear from us between now and then but this has been the flex hoops podcast thank you for listening
1: go Friars.